0: One thing that we want to position ourselves at Vel is this idea that we want the hero of the story to be you, me, the individual. Mm. We want you to fall in love again with work even if means for those 2 hours. We don't want to be so pompous about it that we can say we can be catalytic and and you know our solution is the cure by no means, but when you are at Vel, we want you not to think about the bills and some of those friction in your life that apprehend you from the passion that you give to your work and therefore maybe work ethic will come back maybe you want to be committed to to working harder because i tell you something the olympian who wants to get a gold medal in four years time she or he wakes up at four o'clock three o'clock every morning for four years in a row because they're so driven they don't even notice it anymore they're so driven they don't think about work ethic they they're passionate about that journey and that shouldn't be reserved for an Olympian. It shouldn't be reserved for an Navy SEAL. That, that right is, should be reserved for everyone. And sometimes good technology, good infrastructure, good flow, good people, good management can facilitate that. And we want to do that both internally within VAL, even though we're insignificantly small business compared to some of the giants of, of, of America, but also externally with our customers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show—the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf.
1: Happy New Year, Googleization Nation, and welcome to the fifth season, first show of the fifth season of Geeks Googleization. And I'm joined by my co-host Jason Cochran, all the way from Indiana today. How That's right. Doing? Good to see you,
2: partner. Happy 2022 to you and to Googleization Nation. Can't believe we're here already.
1: It's incredible, and uh, we're only in well, we're in the fourth day technically, but the third work day, and it's been a crazy, busy week already. Yesterday launched. The new newsletter. I think you saw it, Jason. Never normal news. Love and, the name. Uh, by the I, way, I prompted it yesterday. It's been in the background. I figured what a better time to do it because by noon it was bizarre. I woke up to the report about four point four point five million people quit their jobs again. That's, that's right. over. Tw- that's close to twenty one million people in the last four months have quit their job. So that that's not going away. The record number of job openings, twelve million job openings, that are there. So part, obviously, part of that's created by the resignations. Every conversation I get into, we talk about the workplace. But I just just had a conversation this morning with a mutual friend of ours, and she was sharing that one of her friends' spouses had was in a position. And he was next in line for this promotion. And three of the people that were ahead of him re- left. They resigned. So he's wow. the last person standing. And so he went in and wanted to know where he stood. And they basically put it off for six months. They said, well, here's what you can do for the next six months. Here's what our plans are. And then we'll reevaluate it. However, everybody I talked to has a situation like that. They're shorthanded, either because they're COVID, people quit. They can't find the right people. Positions are open longer, certainly in a crazy time. And then on the top of that yesterday, I noticed that a few BlackBerry lovers, only 20 years old and my BlackBerry still works. But the reality is, is BlackBerry doesn't stop working yesterday. And for anybody who is on 3G, and this goes from smartphones to your home security systems to tablets, to your GPS in your car, by the end of this year, 3G is not going to work anymore. So we're in this constant change and people still think that, hey, if the device still works, if things still work, I remember how it used to be. We can get back to that. It's going to be good. So today's show is incredibly exciting. What a way to kick off the year. We're going to have Mo Hamzian. Mo has started a his his new company is called Vell. And Mo loved working in coffee shops. And as we all have at, at one time or another, I can't say I loved it, but it was convenient. And, and you know, at times it was fun. But he so he took that up and said, here's the workplace of the future is why don't we design workspaces around coffee shops? The concept Brilliant. of what works in a coffee shop. So we're going to hear all about that. And he is so advanced. I mean, he's talking I mean, we're talking about an environment where the air, the sound, the physical physical meeting spaces was all designed. It wasn't you know, coffee shops or coffee shops. And you, and, and you found a way to accommodate that, to make that work for you. As we have, so many people have over the last two years, when they were sent home and they figured out, hey, this ironing board functions as my desk. The kitchen table functions as <laughs> my desk. A bunch of crates functions as my desk. A closet is now my new office. But what if you designed it from the ground up and it happened to be a workspace that just happened to be a coffee space, a coffee shop, not a coffee shop that you can do work in. And so incredible things that he's doing. This morning, and I don't want to take too much time, I was, I was listening to an excerpt, and I'll have to go back and watch the replay. A uh, colleague of mine is super active in the CES show, Computer Electronics, and they were talking about you know, what the next world was going to be. And, and we forget about this, love to have somebody, we need to get a guest to talk about the decentralized autonomous organization. And again, love to get most of super, super smart guy and and certainly headed the curve on this. So I want, I want to find out what that's about. DAO, they call them DAOs, decentralized Mm -hmm. autonomous organizations. Fits in line with cryptocurrency and DeFi and, and all those other things. And we're only January 4th. We're only in the beginning of the year. Uh, and all this is already going on. Jason, before we jump into to Mo, anything exciting going on in your life? So I've kind of share what's going on in mine and around the world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Real quick before we get to Mo, you, you're talking about blockchain technology and the DAOs. We're hoping here in a few weeks, this first quarter, we're going to be able to get the CEO of SafeMoon which is one of those revolutionary blockchain companies to come on and talk about those things, about what that future looks like. And then you were talking about BlackBerry and it's funny to bring them up because Apple is also in the news for very different reasons, opposite end of the scale. Apple's thrown out $180,000 bonuses to keep their people so that they don't leave to go over to Facebook. So just you know, expect the unexpected. I mean, the, the disparities, sometimes you almost just have to sit back and laugh at them in terms of, I can't go get a gallon of milk at CVS, but Apple is throwing out $180,000 signing bonuses just to keep their existing staff. Yeah, It's a sign of the times that we're in. And I can't wait to hear from Mo
1: on how coffee shops are now part of that equation of where and how people are working. And while we're bringing Mo on, so Roxy, if you can kind of bring him in. The never normal news that I broke. Mentioned yesterday, it's a subscription based on LinkedIn. So anybody who's connected with me can get it there. We'll also be sending it out through the Googleization network, and you can Googleization Nation network, and you can join that, subscribe to that. It's free. Googleizationnation.com, and there is Mo. So welcome,
0: hi, Mo. Hi, hi, Jason. I'm so happy to be here. I love the show. I'm a big fan.
1: And we were remarking before the show, we were talking about the uh, your your background. And uh, we have the contrast between Jason's uh, certificates and your cats. Uh, <laughs> what's interesting is, is the first thing you mentioned is, is the aren't these aren't NFTs. These are, they're actually real, <laughs> they're real photos hanging on your wall, not just
0: digital. Minor yeah, thing. Not, I love them. I love them. I mean, the brain, the brain thinks what's real is what it sees. So the fact that I can touch them is possibly a mute point and meaningless because I spent so much time on Zooms that everyone else has in 2021. I decided, actually, I want something quite nice in the rear rear view mirror. So uh, I put these up and it just, you know, it makes me take myself less seriously, which is always nice. Is there any significance to the the three different uh, cats? Well, I wanted to involve the family. So I told my wife and daughter, you guys guys get to pick one of the cats. So I picked the moody one in the middle. That's me. (laughs) And uh, the other two representations or caricature or spiritual embodiments of my wife and daughter That's
1: wonderful awesome. There had to be there had to be a story there
0: I so, always is yeah, I
1: appreciate it so but you've got an incredible story as as i mentioned i mean you you're obviously well educated doesn't make everybody smart, but you're smart and educated. So we, we've had a conversation and, and love what you're doing. But like many of us, we've had the opportunity over the years, over time to work out of a coffee shop. And you seem to take that to a whole new new level of what that could be. So tell us a little bit about that. I believe that the company's VEL, V-E-L. Is that correct?
0: That's right. That's right. And the idea of VEL was born you know, naming is a very sacred thing. It took me three weeks to name my daughter, and she was nameless for about three weeks. <laughs> it's it's so, such a sacred because it has to meet the identity of the brand, of the proposition, of the direction. So we eventually, as a team, settled on the name Val, which comes this idea of velocity. And we think modern workplace and modern people want trajectory and speed to some, to some degree. We wanted also a name that would sit in multiple markets really, really well. And it was also, to some extent, fictional. But I think good businesses are often like good stories are often like good books. You know, they have to be born out of the, the subject's viewpoint. You know, you have to have some personal experience in it. And, you know, I've been working in coffee shops or out of coffee shops all my life um, to some degree, like lots of people around the world and in, in, in the States. And eventually I realized that I spent a lot of money in coffee shops. I spent two, $3,000 a year, hundreds of hours in coffee shops, either because I didn't have an office at the time or because at some point the monotony of my home or the infrastructure of home just needed a third place. And when I was a kid, this third place for me was a library. I used to love it. was this sanctified environment with huge amounts of psychological safety, Jason, that I would sit in and do really good quality work. And coffee shops aren't designed that way. We all know that. They're there to sell you really, really good product, atmosphere, possibly community, maybe the best croissant in town but they haven't been designed and the responsibility has never been delegated to them to say, I want you to do some good quality work here. So in the end, I felt being in a modern coffee shop was, and doing work was akin to flying a 1970s Russian plane. You know, it's really bumpy, really uncomfortable. You might get there maybe. And and then eventually the pain point for me was so much that I said, wait a minute, I can fix this. Then I said, "What? then I have to fix it. And then the entrepreneur kicks in. I can't sleep till I fix it. Then you go and build a team, a business, all things around it. So we now say, and and our team asked this question. We said, what would happen if Starbucks was mom? And notice I say Starbucks was the matriarch. Starbucks is mom and WeWork was dad and they had a love child. What would this child look like? How would it behave? And then we ran with it and we're building something really interesting from the ground up. That's
1: fascinating. And again, we've all had that experience. And, you know, with the move, certainly the last two years has got to, I don't know when this idea and when this evolution happened, but obviously over the last two years, remote work, just in the last few days, you know, the transition you get back to work. When we, when we we're talking about a a coffee shop, what the, and there's a lot of conversation about the, what the new workplace is going to be. And and some it's, it's still stuck on the traditional workplaces. Maybe we'll have desks spaced out differently. You know, are we going to have walls or no walls? I mean, it's the same old conversation that they've had for 40 years. And then people say, well, I'm not even coming back to the office. And if you make me come back to the office, I'm going to leave. And then you have. You know, groups like City and J.P. Morgan say, "No, you're coming. We're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna come back to work. We're, it's a flexible schedule. is gonna be one, you know, one day you can stay home, and and then you have another variant, and all of a sudden everybody's home again. It's this tug, this tug of war. So I've, I've said, you know, we've had many, many conversations about this, and I think even when you and I met, we, we talked about it. it becomes it's not a binary choice. It's we're gonna work remote or we're gonna work in person, and then there's." I I don't know what the extrapolation is on it, but there's probably thousands of different variations between those two. And everybody's sort of chasing down which one's going to be right. And now you're throwing in another mix. And I think one of the challenges is people really haven't thought, I mean, are are sort of replicating is we're going to do the same work we did when we all showed up in the office, but we're just going to do it remote or we're going to do it distributed that everybody's going to be in their home office doing it. But we're going to function exactly the same way that we did before. Thoughts on, you know, thoughts on that. What are some of the struggles you're seeing? What are some of the, oppor- you know, people that your idea of, of a coffee shop like environment? And I love what you talked about in, in one of your descriptions. I heard it somewhere is that you're taking the analog coffee shop and making it a digital.
0: So that's right. I love that. You say we say we don't want to be in the business of creating TV for radio. And what what a missed opportunity that would be to redesign a workplace based on limited imagination. We are at this intersection of this proliferation of of new opportunity in the workplace, similar to what the Internet did for e-commerce, possibly. And we feel internally, I mean, these are kind of rudimentary feelings and, and some of them can be stress tested and some of them are more for, for us to have a direction and a rudder, but we think kind of industrial revolution was Workplace 1.0, somewhere in the middle of 18 1850, 1860. And then it took 150 years, 100 years or so to arrive at Workplace 2.0, you know? And that happened slowly and, and WeWork and co-working, and of course, WeWork wasn't the originator, Regis and the co-working predates WeWork. WeWork was the embodiment, was the flagship carrier of of co-working workplace 2.0 which said actually guys you don't need an incumbent lease you don't need to necessarily commute to work you can delegate that responsibility this is the key word delegate that responsibility of good quality work to me and i will make it flexible i will make it to some extent hybrid and convenient for you and i will give you a reputation gravitas legitimacy around it. You're no less than anyone else because you're not paying $10,000 a month for a five-term lease, but you're equal to your brethren and sisters that work at Google and Twitter and everyone else. But surely over the last 10 years or so, largely because of the last two years that's catalyzed the new entire movement, we're now searching, and companies like us are searching for Workplace 3.0, which is going to be, curated, customized. It means different things for different people in different geographies. But what's really interesting we're finding out and I think we're finding out in the workplace is that the work itself is changing. How we work and how we have meetings and what we pay attention to is changing. Therefore, it's logical to deduce that the work itself will change. The outcomes will change. How we measure it will change. And we wanted to create a version of a coffee shop that says, look, we're not going to replace your home office. It's never going to happen. We're not going to replace the office. It's never going to happen. People behave in certain ways in coffee shops, and that may change slightly. But for the time being, people go to coffee shops three or four times a week, spend two hours or an hour and a half every time they go. They spend a certain amount of money, they go. So we said, we want to slipstream into that and recreate that experience for the coffee shop visitor so we in many ways are complementing your experience from home your experience at the office but we want to be digital and we say you know if you want to if you want to take a car and chop its roof off and say it's now a convertible it's not designed that way but if you want to build it from the ground up and think what does the chassis look like what does the suspension look like how does this have to behave for it to be a convertible and that's what we're doing so what is Therefore, what does acoustics look like? Lighting looks like? What does flexible privacy look like? How do you manage productive work? Do you need seat variety? What does the seating look like? What do left-handed people want and ergonomics? And the same detail that went into creating an iOS or an Android. And we delegate that responsibility. I say to, I have an iPhone. I say to iPhone, please do your job. So I can then enjoy my photographs, enjoy surfing the web, whatever I do on my devices. I no longer want to think about whether this device is working or not. If I get into an airplane, please lift off. Don't let me think about the physics of it. And to some extent, we didn't do that in the workplace. We just took it for granted. Put a desk in front of me, a light and a computer. I'm supposed to do good work. We want to say, delegate that responsibility to us.
2: And Bo, I really appreciate those analogies there too, like design thinking and engineering when it comes to the workplace. I can certainly attest the conversations I'm having with executives that are working is they're redesigning their lives too. employees are redesigning and reengineering their lives, too. And I think that's what this pandemic has caused is people to ask these really big, important questions about, Okay, it used to be I worked and then I squeezed in a life around the work that I did. And now it's been flipped upside down. Now it's more like what's the life that I want? What's the purpose that I want to live? And then what's the work that comes in and supports and aligns to that? And so I'm seeing a lot of people re-engineering their life, thinking through those things. And I'm curious, are you seeing some of that as well? That as we're re-engineering the workplace, are you seeing a lot of people re-engineering their lives as well in terms of how they think about work?
0: I think so. I think Jason, you're absolutely right. I mean, what crises position for all of us is an opportunity to explore and ask new questions. And the wonderful thing about the silver lining about this crisis is that we're all in it together. Unlike a a divorce or car accident or losing your home when you're just alone in it, collectively as a human race, we're in it together. There is camaraderie in that. There is, you know, there's some degree of of less loneliness in that. Um, So it makes us could make us braver to make these new decisions and ask these questions and say actually this job is no longer right for me i'm actually no longer happy here i am looking for a different kind of fulfillment and i'm brave enough to take it because things structurally have changed so much means i have to move in a different direction and obviously i'm generalizing this is not true for everyone one thing that we want to position ourselves at well is this idea that we want the hero of the story to be you me the individual we want you to fall in love again with work even if means for those two hours we don't want to be so pompous about it that we can say we can be catalytic and and you know our solution is the cure by no means but when you are at vel, we want you not to think about the bills and some of those friction in your life that apprehend you from the passion that you give to your work and therefore maybe work ethic will come back maybe you want to be committed to to working harder because i tell you something the Olympian who wants to get a gold medal in four years' time, she or he wakes up at four o'clock, three o'clock every morning for four years in a row because they're so driven. They don't even notice it anymore. They're so driven. They don't think about work ethic. They, they're passionate about that journey. And that shouldn't be reserved for an Olympian. It shouldn't be reserved for an Navy SEAL. That, that right is, should be reserved for everyone. And sometimes good technology, good infrastructure, good flow, good people, good management can facilitate that. And we want to do that both internally within VAL, even though we're insignificantly small business compared to some of the giants of, of, of America, but also externally with our customers.
1: Well, uh, taking so many notes as you're talking here, so many ideas popping in my head. You know, one is, now this is, I won't say another version, next generation, more advanced generation of, of the rework, um uh, Regis. Are, are any companies, are you working with any companies that say, how can we create this experience within our own business with our, as we're thinking about redesign of our workspace? Uh, we realize that we're not going to have as many people here. Not everybody's going to be here every day. But how could we create a workspace in our traditional corporate center? Because we do need people on site that has the same attributes, characteristics, you know, opportunities as you're doing.
0: You're absolutely dead right. We've had people ask us that question. And it's a smart question because let's say you are a, an accounting firm or an attorney. You know Your competency is, is your craft, which is accounting, lawyering. It's not the building. You, are, you delegate the responsibility of the building to the real estate developer. And sometimes because the world has changed so much, it's now inadequate and things need to change. So there is a need for that. Absolutely right. There's also a need for that maybe in a courthouse, in a museum, in a shopping mall. There, there are, so we are actually working on a lighter version of Vell, which is this concession style version of Vell, where it can pop up uh, in other places, but still has the same digital infrastructure of connectivity with, with, within devices. It still offers that same level of attention to detail in terms of furniture and how you work. And so we're exploring that. But now we're a small outfit. We also have to, we have to tread lightly, tread carefully, and be very precise about what shots we take. Absolutely.
1: So, when did this idea come to you? When? How? How long has this been germinating in you? That hey, we're going to create a digital version of a coffee shop. Not the digital version of a coffee shop, but we're going to create this workspace, this workplace 3.0. How long have you been doing this?
0: Approximately two and a half years. Two years. I started germinated. I like that word. I might might use it just for this sentence. The idea. And within within a month or two, I realized I do some mentoring at a few business schools. And and I, I know that the statistics on solopreneurs are not on our side. They get often less funding, they're less successful, they're more risky. What happens if one of them gets sick? What, what happens if something happens? So I knew very quickly that I, I had to have a co-founder, a teammate. And people execute and having good people around you is really important. So luckily, I met my co-founder and now CEO chap called Jack Gunn. And he was in, in, in the finance world. And I went to him and the story goes, I said, Jack, how about you stop selling money and come and sell some coffee instead? And we change the world together. And he's similar age to me. And after two weeks of working together, he said, yes, he was a partner at a reputable firm. And I thought, I thought he was having a midlife crisis when he said yes. But he did, and that was a year and five months ago. And we've been building product, raising money, building team, going to market since then. So, you know, we've been effective through the pandemic. But I remember 2008, 2010, and there was a different kind of crisis. I and mean, we all thought the world was going to end then as well. I remember it vividly. I lost money then. I, lo- I know people lost a lot of money and, and lives during that time. And we were at peril, a different kind of peril. But lots of graduates came out of it. Lots of unicorns that exist today are graduates of that 2008 to 2000 recession because, because of the opportunity it created. And I think similarly now, whether Vell will be one of them or not, we're, we're running in that way, we're aspiring to be. But I think when you look at it in 2030, you look back and go, gosh, these unicorns of America today were born out of the 2019, 2020, 2021 crises.
1: We're going to keep going on this conversation. And i got a question. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. I want to, have to talk to you about over those two and a half years, how has your vision changed? What what has changed? What surprised you the most about that journey? And certainly not expecting a pandemic unless you were Bill Gates. You know, how, how, how that either advanced your opportunities, or changed your opportunities, or opened up new opportun- new opportunities as well. We want to thank everybody for being part of Googleization Nation. You're listening to Geek Skeezers in Googleization, first show of the of our fifth season, first show of 2022. We've been talking about workplace 3.0, what that looks like. Um, you know, is the new workplace going to be a, a new version of the coffee shop, or some some version of the metaverse? And uh, we're getting into that. We got Mo Hamzy in. CEO, co-founder or founder of VEL, V-E-L. And uh, we will be right back. We're going to take a short break and stay tuned. We'll be back in 60 seconds.
3: Change doesn't pick favorites. No matter who you are or where you live, the year 2020 was filled with one unexpected challenge after another. According to the authors of The Adaptation Advantage, we are incredibly well-prepared for the past, but woefully unprepared for the future. That leaves millions of people feeling scared, worried, frustrated, and confused. Whether you're the owner of a business or a worker out of a job, adaptability is now an essential skill you need to ride the next wave of normal. The good news is, is that science shows that adaptability is learnable. Adaptability gives us the confidence and courage to think about change and embrace opportunity in the right way. Adaptability gives us hope for a better future. And goodness knows we need hope. Are you ready to embrace change and double down on your future? Contact Success Performance Solutions today to schedule a consultation about how you can reimagine your team's future, how you can begin to think about opportunity the right way.
1: And speaking about adaptability, you are listening to Geek Teases in Googleization Googlization Nation. Thanks for being part of that. Hopefully you'll subscribe and get updates on our newsletters. New newsletters coming out, Never Normal News, our first edition was yesterday, first issue. Uh, You can go to GoogleizationNation.com and subscribe to that. But today we're talking about Workplace Workplace 3.0. We're talking with Mo Hamzian co-founder or founder i keep saying co-founder but founder and ceo of vel you said so many cool things in the first half i, I love your analogy is that you, you weren't trying to create a tv for radio there was a couple other zingers you had in there good metaphors that completely made sense and we right when we before the break we were talking about the idea that germinated the whole this whole concept of of let's take a coffee shop as a, as a, as an environment where that we go and do some work into actually a workplace and, and how do we vision that? What's changed other than, uh, you know, had a pandemic, we're going on entering the third year where almost two years ago now is when, when things started to go up. Has that been a catalyst for your business, for the change? And most of the question I really want to get to is what's changed. I mean, how has your vision changed of what this model was going to look like from two and a half years ago to now?
0: Well, the second part of that question I'll, I'll tackle first. And I think, think the workplace itself has more room to change. And one of the things we find in startups really valuable is we don't have any legacy costs, which means theoretically, we could make we could take some risks that the bigger boys can't simply because they have a balance sheet they can alienate, they have customers they can upset. and when we say we don't want to create TV for radio is we don't want to miss that opportunity. We don't want to disappoint that future because we didn't innovate fast enough or we didn't take the right level of risk. So I believe technology is going to disrupt workplace even more so, whether it's VR or holograms, whether it's reluctance to commute itself, whether it's some some level of decentralization whereby work can be managed differently with AI and and less less reliance on managers and smaller teams and and things like that but what we are finding out is that people want flexibility they don't necessarily they might want to use vel for a couple of hours but they might still want a subscription to co-working they might have an office but they might still use vel they might not be commuting for these three months therefore they're closer to their home and vel is near where they live so they'll use Vell, but that doesn't mean it's the solution. So I think just like with anything else, we're customers and consumers and very sophisticated. And I think we now have a different social contract to our workplace, but our yardstick has to move at well as well. I mean, we are coming at this from a coffee shop angle, but to some extent we're selling flexible privacy. To some extent, we're creating a workplace that is frictionless whereby you can walk into it. And it could be that we create a giant vending machine of a workplace whereby you can. it could be that we're outdoor and we repurpose some of these parks instead of having an outdoor gym that the municipality creates for you. They create an outdoor office that's subsidized by government. As, as technology moves, we, we could move with it. And I think as long as you have a yardstick into the future and you're able to move with it, we will move
2: no doubt that variety is the spice of life and and you know you're talking about the technological advances i'm curious mo are there parts of your vision that may involve the metaverse at some point in the future could there be a vel in the metaverse in the not too distant future
0: <laughs> could be i mean this kind of second life idea of we we are real, we talked about this and it's this idea of what can the brain accept the brain you know whether it's real or faux or artificial, sometimes the signals are so real that you accept it as real until you touch it or you stress test it and it's no longer is. I think the technology will get will get there eventually, and and you could you could see a totally virtual digital version of us.
1: Yeah, fascinating. And you know, I was listening to a uh, just randomly popped up on my uh, kind of a mention. It was actually on Talk Four TV as well. And they were talking about VR. There's a there's a company uh, that's really taking VR to the next level. And, you know, you're still talking about relatively, although it relies on technology and, and digitalization, it's still a physical space that people will go to. That's and, and when we're, you know, when you're talking about VR or metaverse, it's, you know, it, it's totally, it's digital. I mean, I love what, I mean, you're talking about holograms. I mean, you know, we talk about, I talk about the lines between reality and science fiction blurring all the time. There, you can do holograms. I just saw an interview. I wish I could remember where it was, but there was an interview with somebody and the guest was sitting, you know, on stage, but he was a hologram and it can be done. I mean, it's expensive at this point, but so is everything else we were talking about. Expensive. So the transition... Between where we were and where we're going is is going to be incredible, and I think people are looking at, you know, just got interviewed or asked, it and and my perspective changed because in twenty in September of 2019, right before the pandemic, I was I was the keynoter at a pres, at a at a meeting summit, an HR summit, and they were, the title of it was Workforce 2030. And we talked about all these things and this gradual rollout and, you know, it was changing. And, you know, I always used the statistic that Amazon upgrades their software every 11.6 seconds. And that's about four years old statistics. So who knows what it is now? I mean, they do a completely revamp, but they're always using their data to to kind of personalize and customize that on that span. And I said, how are you going to to change your recruitment and your retention and your hiring and, and management and talent management? of that and all of a sudden overnight it happened you know in the middle of march so the the pace is is incredible is so much faster so when you mentioned a hologram go,es i'll never live long enough to see that reality is it exists now
0: it does and you add in add in the dimension of robotics into that of of how space can change of who can serve you and how they can alter your experience because you're now including robotics and humans in, in customer service both in terms of precision, customization, curation of your product, managing acoustics better. Yeah, it's it's incredible what's available and what's possible down the line.
1: Do you have any do you have some workspaces that are actually up? I mean coffee shops that are that are actually functioning right we, now?
0: We are a couple of months away from Savannah, which is our first first location. And we are looking negotiating number two, three and four right after that. We have some very interesting people with us who are pushing us to get to several hundred of these in the next in the next five years, which will be some going and, you know, building a repeatable, scalable experience is something that's important to us. Now um,
1: with sorry, with Savannah and and I don't know where the other locations you may not be able to divul- divulge them. Yet. Are they like media second tier cities, you know, rather than metropolitan areas, which is where the WeRorks and the, the, the Regis organization seem to, to go? Are you going after the, the, the smaller communities?
0: That, that that is a viable tactic. I think what what we've realized, well, first of all, I don't think we'd necessarily dead on competing with people. I mean, we can coexist side by side. They're a subscription membership model, and you know they they attract a different customer base. Um, mm-hmm. The person who regularly goes to a coffee shop is not necessarily going to cannibalize and, and go to a WeWork. But we wanted to be micro. We wanted to be local. We wanted to be local to where you live, which is inherent in that coffee shop personality. So these secondary cities initially are are a good good set. Having said that, we're looking at we're looking at Miami. We're looking at DC. And then the question begs itself, do we want to, now that we're in Savannah, do we want to have the hub and spoke strategy of driving some operational efficiencies and having the rest, the next half a dozen nearby? And so we can have some economies of scale, or do we grow symbolically and forego those operational efficiencies? And so we're having those discussions, but we want to, we want to double and triple very, very quickly.
1: So we're, we're coming up toward the end. Jason, did you have a question that I just got? I just up? had one real quick one. I
2: mean, th- this is a super important one here, Ira. I think you're going to love this one and Mo, Mo too. So, so you are a coffee shop where people work, obviously, and, and it's hybrid work environment. Really important question here. What's your favorite coffee that you all make? I mean, I'm sure you've got a favorite
0: of some kind, right? Yeah. My, my go-to is black coffee with honey and, you know, a, a good drip with honey. And and then, actually, when I when I personally want to flow, I, I migrate to tea, and and I find that much more kind of, for me, my constitution is it's better. But we have, you know, joking aside, we take our coffee very seriously. We have a very good roaster with us, a company called Amavida. They're actually based out of Florida, and these guys have been doing, you know, roasting and beans for a very long time. They're a B corporation, and we have a good partnership with them. So we're very excited about the quality of the coffee. It's definitely it's definitely. won some awards.
2: Ira, sounds like a road trip to Savannah, Georgia.
1: Yeah, actually, off. I was just thinking about that. I haven't been there for a while, but uh, but it's a great city, and uh, you know we're we're up in the Allentown Bethlehem area, so maybe put that on the map, <laughs> Mo.
0: We'll do a live show from Val.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That'd That'll be, be cool. fun. You know, I know you and I talked about this going back, and I, I didn't forget about it, but we just didn't bring it up in the conversation. Tw- literally twenty years ago. I was working with a bank. Uh, it, was, it was a 100 year old bank in Amish country, up in Lancaster County. So very, very conservative, traditional. And they brought in somebody and said, Where, Where's this bank going to go in the future? And they came up with that why people come in, we offer them coffee in our bank. Why don't we have a coffee shop in which we do banking? And it was just way ahead of its time they called it the gold cafe they they realized that they weren't that they weren't going to hire bank tellers they needed to hire baristas who could not they didn't want bank tellers who can serve coffee they wanted baristas who can sell banking or or answer or be customer service it was just way too ahead of its time in a community that was way too conservative but it was it was such a phenomenal experience and you know you've just taken it to you know, is that you know some ideas are the right ideas the timing just wasn't right you know we're still back in 2g and 3g days you know when they opened it up so you know going there the wireless and the connectivity wasn't very good and, and now it's, it's so much better so it changes so your your idea your concept i mean i love it the, the moment i heard about it it was like yeah we gotta we gotta talk more about this and then even in those few weeks since then so much has happened and it's like didn't think about this opportunity, this opportunity, how that concept. So really wish you luck. Hopefully we can get you back on after you're opened up and maybe you can actually, we can broadcast live from, from VELF in Savannah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be great. We will have flexible privacy and these incredible pods that you can get into, highly well-engineered devices, and there will be the acoustic level, be perfect, 55 decibels, ideal for a podcast. So it's don't put it past us that it's capable.
1: And again, uh, just reading about the description and, and some of the other interviews that you did, you know, the air quality is going to be monitored. The sound quality is going to be monitored. The idea that you're taking into consideration the ergonomics for, for not only right-handed people, but left-handed people. You know, what about other people who have impairments to really personalize that space? An incredible concept. And every business should be doing this, but you know they won't. So <laughs> that's where the opportunity is. People just be very, very slow to react. Exciting times, Mo. Really appreciate you taking some time out, get to know you a little bit better, sharing your vision and your purpose and, and, the, and the business. If someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they do it?
0: Find me on LinkedIn. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. I, I love connecting with new people. The company is MyVel, little story. We tried to buy vel.com, vel.com com. The, the price tag was $750,000. So we, we, we said no. It just means no one else can buy it. So don't go there because we're not there. We're at myval.com.
1: Excellent. Happy New Year. Wish you the, the biggest success. It'll be an exciting year for you. Hopefully, as I said, we can get an update down the road. That will be another idea, Jason. Uh, we'll go back to people that are kind of generating, the, germinating and generating these ideas. And we can do an update show where everybody is since then. Oh, hopefully we get to meet in in, in real life one of these days, not in Second Life or Metaverse <laughs> <laughs> or Googleization Nation. But uh, thanks again for uh, taking the time to being here and wishing the most success.
0: My pleasure. Thanks very much, guys.
1: Thanks, Mo. Jason, we kicked off the year with what a, what a great story, what a great show, and so, learned so much more. I wasn't sure where that was going to go, but it's quite a vision he has.
2: Absolutely, and the concept of businesses trying to do this too, I think, is really incredible. Not just individual people opting in to subscribe, but this could be a model for some businesses, especially if they're spread out across the country, of how you can get people that might be in certain geographic regions to be able to go in and co-work and collaborate together. And have some amazing coffee too. So we really just cool brought out. up
1: you just brought two ideas up real quick and I know we're gonna have to, to get off here soon. One is think about the new vision of the lunchroom. I mean, using that concept of here's here's our lunchroom, and you know, that's where a lot of the old going back even before lunchroom, but the water cooler, you know, a lot of ideas generated water water cooler about putting a coffee shop with you know revising what that looks like, but looking at not the water cooler, but the, the creating a coffee shop environment. And I know marketing companies have done this, having those marketing rooms and really creative ideas, but being able to take that concept. And the other idea, I just said it and it just went out of my mind when I tracked down that one. So well, I'll have to remember that at another time. But absolutely, it's it's amazing and certainly one of those journeys. And I do like that idea about going back and revisit some of our guests who, who have these ideas, these visions, and and let's see where they are. How did they pan out? With what new opportunities opened up? And that's what our, our theme is going to be this year. Our, our theme is going to really be about adaptability. It's going to be about living, you know, our title of our show is Googleization. But we're going to be talking about living in the never normal we're obviously if we're only in the fourth day. We we have so many examples of what, what is just not normal. We're not going back to normal. And normal really did, didn't exist. And as I cited in my newsletter, normal's just, you know, it, it's just our passage from past to future. We're just here. And that time, that bridge of going from the past to the future is just shrinking and getting much faster. And uh, that's what we'll be talking about. Next week, we've got from the, the incredible Chad and Chi show, we've got Chad. Coming oh, wow. Out. So much. And really, he cutting edge, speaks, says it like it is. You talk about authenticity, transparency, outspoken, candid. We're going to be talking about what the future, future of work, future of HR is going to be. And uh, for every, for anybody who hasn't caught the last couple episodes of last year, please go up to Google Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Dave Ulrich was incredible. We've had 26,000 views already on LinkedIn. We've smashed, really, on YouTube. It's just incredible the number of people there and on podcasts. It automatically became, instantly almost became our most popular show ever. Which is elevating everybody else's shows because they're getting exposed to it. And then prior to that, we had Evan Sohn from Recruiter.com about the future of work, future of recruiting. And the week before that, we had what the economy was going to look like in 2022, 2023 with Jackie Green. So we're going to package all those, but they're up on the Geek Skeezers Googleization website. As I said, next week we had Chad, and we've got we got an incredible lineup, and a super big announcement coming in the next. Maybe a few days, but definitely in the next week. About some new things that are going to happen with Geek Skeezers Googleization. Absolutely exciting times, and what a capstone Dave's episode was
2: on on twenty twenty one, and an amazing first episode here with Mo in twenty twenty two, and the future is bright. Yeah, for sure.
1: So we hopefully stick with us again. If you're not subscribing yet to Geek Skeezers and Googleization, uh, you can go. Uh, please uh, subscribe to that. If you're connected with me on LinkedIn you can easily get the newsletter that way too. Never normal news. First episode issue just came out yesterday. It'll be weekly, but I've got so much going on and it'll probably be more frequent than that. But uh, so you'll expect to see that pretty often. And until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans.